showing a little impatience. I did so gently, rotating it on the tabletop without picking it up. As its far side came into view, I better understood Nora's interest in what I'd seen as a perfectly normal abandoned nest. The overhead fluorescent lighting caught it first, revealing among the scratchy, dull-colored hay a swatch of something smooth and reflective. I leaned forward to look at it more carefully. It's human hair, she stated with certainty. I didn't argue with her. It appeared she was right. I sat back, opened my desk drawer, and withdrew a tiger milk bar, which I offered her. You must be hungry. She nodded and took the bar with another fleeting smile. As she peeled back the gold wrapper, I thought about her discovery, and what it might mean to us. The fact that human hair was intertwined within a nest didn't come as a surprise. My own mother had cut my brother's and my hair outdoors so the birds could use it during the spring, and my father had once had a hunk of hair painfully plucked out by a bird while he was working in one of our fields. But these memories brought me no comfort here, nor did they prompt me to dismiss Nora Fletcher's concern with some patronizing lecture on symbiotic relationships. For the long, thick twist of discolored strands was no mere tuft of cut or plucked hair. It was bound at its base by a small, withered, leathery patch of scalp. The snow had stopped falling by the time we gathered in Nora Fletcher's backyard on Hillcrest Terrace, high above Brattleboro, Vermont. The street marked the abrupt end of the town's urban expansion to the southwest. On one side, in front of Nora's home, was a modest middle-class neighborhood, clinging to the side of a steep hill and overlooking the town, the distant mountains, and the interstate slicing through it all. On the other side, neatly sheeted in glistening, pristine white, was a vast, empty, featureless field that stretched up and away to the horizon like a frothy, frozen sea. Separating Nora's backyard from that barren field, a split-rail fence stood guard like the shaky railing of some decrepit ancient ship, a faint and picturesque reminder of how much Vermont remains dominated by its natural surroundings, despite the ambitions of urban developers and condo builders alike. Nora, her mother Anne, my second-in-command, Sammy Martins, and I stood in a cluster by the back door under the pale gray sky and silently took in the implications of Nora's discovery. If there is a body out there, Sammy muttered bluntly, it'll be a neat trick finding it. Anne Fletcher shook her head, resting her hand lightly on her daughter's shoulder. Birds use hair all the time in their nests. I told Nora that. That's why my dad used to cut my hair outdoors when I was little. I asked her not to pester you people. Nora didn't react. She remained motionless, looking out at the wooden birdhouse that was nailed to an upright by one of the fence posts outlined like a ship's crow's nest against the fathomless pale expanse beyond it. She didn't shake off her mother's hand, which was there more in support than as a rebuke in any case, but I could sense the restless energy between them, of single parent and single child, strained by the mutual need to be independent yet united by the strong bonds of steady companionship. Anne had told me earlier, when we dropped by her office to pick her up, that Nora was a loner, a studious perfectionist who preferred the tranquility of her own company to the chaotic tumble of her schoolmates.
and that she sometimes lacked the benefit of other people's opinions informing her own thoughts. A loner myself, I sympathized with the child. We're glad she did pester us, Mrs. Fletcher. You're right about the hair. We've even found marijuana growers collecting it from barber shops to ward off deer. But what Nora found wasn't cut. I let the unstated implication float in the frigid air, interlaced with the mist from our breathing. Oh, Aunt Fletcher finally murmured. Nora? I asked the girl. From what you've told me, I guess you monitor those chickadees pretty closely. She kept her eyes on the fence. I watch them every day. Her tone reflected her sorrow that such constant friends had become involved in something so grim. When did they build the nest? She didn't hesitate. Early July. That's late for chickadees.